0: Good morning, everybody. It's a great joy to be here. I, I did. Co- I was saying to Neil, I came to Salford about 27, or what, what must be 24 years ago, when Neil had not long been in Salford. When I was a minister in training, there was a, a day that we came and did so well. and uh, <laughs> they thought that, they thought that Neil needed encouraging. And, so well. and 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 we all came and sort of came along and we heard. A, about some of the the statistics about the Salford area back in those days and we all got depressed hearing how tough things were here and I didn't realise God was going to send me to Glasgow. And so I I was in Derby at the time, nice middle class place and then they sent me to the Gorbals which is an interesting place to spend 14 years of your life and we did 14 years there. We're so grateful to God we saw the church blossom and grow from about 50 people to 400. We saw some great things happening. There was a wonderful move of the Holy Spirit. And and then in this last sort of eight years, I've been doing the dual role of two regions, which is um, quite a taxing geographic. I probably have the largest, not the num- largest number of churches, but uh, I have the biggest geographical area to cover. So Margaret often says to me, which is my wife, if ever she was uh, to divorce me, she'd name the car as the other woman, because, uh, <laughs> I spend longer in the car than I seem to. Um, but I hear some great teaching tapes along the way. But it's a great joy to be here with you. And it's very interesting when, when, when Neil approached me and gave me a subject. Very unusual to give the, the preacher a subject. Obviously, he wants me to keep, keep on script. And so, and I, I was saved in the Brethren. A bit of back background before we start. I, I was saved 40, I was 14, so I'm 60 now, work it out, 46 years ago. Um, I was saved in the Brethren. Uh, And I'm so grateful for the teaching they gave me. And they spoke about the fruit of the Spirit almost every week. They never mentioned the gifts of the Spirit because they obviously believed it ended after the first century. So it was fruit, 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 fruit. And when I became a Pentecostal, it seemed that most churches talked about the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, the gifts but didn't really talk much about the Christian character being developed and, and things growing, which is our part in the process of change. And So I, I would like in just a few moments um, to talk to you and, and say this, because the subject I'm given is kindness. Now, you may know this, but my name is Kevin. Kevin actually means kindness. My name means kindness. And uh, Margaret, well, you, you know, when you when you've been married a little while... And you start to get to that point when you're being more truthful, and because uh, when you're first courting, it's all very high romance. And after about I think a year or two of being married, I said to my, I said to my my wife Margaret, "What was it that made you fall for me?" Dangerous question. And I, <laughs> and I said, "Was it the George Clooney look-alike? That was, was was that what what it was that did it?" Said, no, I said. Well, was it the kissing? Was I the best kisser? No, you weren't," she said. She said. She may have changed her mind after thirty-five years. I don't. I'd like to think so, but but she, but she did say to me the reason that she fell for me. She says you were very kind. You were just always kind. You see, I think kindness is one of God's secret doorways to destiny. We've just talked about the world, and I'm so pleased that we've just spent some time praying, but there's a sense, other than God moving, we seem powerless we think on this big stage. Yet, on the principle of one, it's amazing what you can do when you start to show a little bit of kindness to one another and I want to talk to you, from, particularly from a, a chapter in the Old Testament. I'm going to read it, then I'm going to ask Margaret just to come and introduce something. But I'm going to read a passage about a young lady who started out doing a, a job that she'd done every day. She had no idea that that day, by showing an act of kindness, God was about to open a doorway, and she's now remembered as one of the wives of the, the patriarchs of Israel, she, her name was Rebecca, and she's walking to a well to get water. She's doing the chores. She's doing the jobs, and she decides to show some kindness to a stranger. And a doorway opens that she suddenly is going to get thrust into marriage and her destiny, and is recorded for all history, for kindness. And the whole thing about the fruit of the Spirit, about how we grow and mature, and let those things happen is so important. So let me just read the passage, and then I'm going to ask Margaret just to come and say something. It's in Genesis chapter 24 and verse 12. Abraham wants his his son married, and so he sends his servant off to try to find a wife. Amazing. And so the servant, um, who obviously loved his master, because he prayed in verse 12, Genesis 24 verse 12, We're going to read to verse 27. It's an unusual story, but I've got three things here that I just want to bring to, to suggest to you, that kind people, people who show kindness and how this can be a doorway to destiny. Then he prayed, Lord, make God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness. Show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing Beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water, may it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says drink, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milkar, and who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. And the servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. And after she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the water to draw more water, and drew enough for all of his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful Let, let's just leave it there we'll, we'll, we'll break off the passage there Margaret this is my wife. I'd, I'd like to introduce my wife to you and uh, one of the our passions obviously you don't know us today our passions is to see people move um, into wholeness of life and to enjoy life into all its fullness and part of been our, our passion and Margaret has written several books and I wanted to just to mention them to you just in passing and then we'll turn to the passage so Margaret would you just come Thank
1: you. It's fantastic to be here. Really good to be here um, and just to be in the presence of God with you. And um, thank you for having us. Um, I write books for those people that don't read. A few years ago, there used to be a cruise company and it was called Ocean Village. And I don't know if you ever saw an advert or ever went on a cruise, but it was labeled as a cruise for those that don't cruise. My books are a read for those that don't read. And I just want to mention four books that are in the back hall. And um, these two books here are the first two, The White Elephant and The Seagull, um, Real 11 real-life stories about real people. Testimonies. If you like books about testimonies, there's 22 testimonies in the two books, but it's about dealing with issues of the heart. And so my passion is if we deal with issues of our own heart, then we are free for the fruits of the Holy Spirit to flow out of us. If we're feeling, you know, bad, if we're feeling inferior, then the odds are we won't feel like being very kind. But um, the white elephant deals with things like um, dealing with loss, dealing with um, working through loss, dealing with fear, dealing with inferiority, a heart of stone, dealing with shame, knowing a father's love, finding a perspective in problems. And those two books are 11 each real-life testimonies about real people. And the, at the end of each chapter, there's devotion, prayers to pray, prophetic words to read, a Bible verses to meditate on, space to write down your own stuff that God speaks to you about. This third book is called Dear Sally, and it's 11 issues, 11 principles, really, of life. Um told really through a set of letters that I, it's my story really, or part of my story. And it just hones in on principles such as, if you never stretched, you're probably not growing. If you're going to be something you've never been before, then maybe you need to do something. You've never done before. And again, there's press to pray. And the, the chapters are, are portrayed through letters that I've written to a friend and illustrate what I'm trying to get across. And just it's really devotional stuff, again, that as we clear up the issues of our heart, then the kindness and the fruits of the, the Holy Spirit can flow through us. The last book that I mentioned to you is if you don't like dogs, you will hate this book. If you're a dog lover, this is written for. Have we got any dog lovers oh, here? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Would you say don't start a revival? Revival. <laughs> I've had lots of requests for cats, but haven't got a cat one. This is for dog lovers. So turn your ears off if you don't like dogs, or for if you've got a friend or a relation or somebody you work next to who's into dogs, then this is for you. Thirty-one. It's based. Uh, it's thirty-one daily devotions about the Father Heart of God, based on the Book of Psalms. Thirty-one little parables, dog parables, and there's devotional stuff at the end of each chapter. Very short chapters, leading you to to think about more about Can the Father the Heart of God. <laughs> 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 Forgive me later, Neil. <laughs> so, well, the, <laughs> well, the, well the, ta- the table's out the back at the end, right at the far side of the room. <laughs> so, 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 um, where was I? 30 way 31 day devotional, but. The idea is you read it yourself, and then if you've got an unsaved person um, that you work next to, that you live next to, that is your daughter-in-law, that is your mother-in-law that doesn't know God, then I thought, what better way to actually get the Word of God and the Father, the message of the Father, the heart of God um, into their hands than to say to them, "Saw this book, thought of you. There's some God stuff in it." Don't read that if you don't want to. But when I saw the dog stuff, I thought of you. It's for you. And a lot of people have bought them and told me stories of what's gone on through using that bridge. So I think you need a book. There we are. So you can, there you go. You can have that book. All right. Thanks for having us. It's really um, good to be with you today. Okay. Thanks, All right. Ken.
0: Hey Amen. And the, peach, peach, but way, the picture of the front is our dog. That's Jack. He's in the car waiting for the service to end. So, Jack McPete. We we don't have any children, but we have a dog. So, we we readily admit we love our dog. So, where where were we? You know, it says in uh, 2 Timothy, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. And if ever that's a, a prophetic word for today's world in which we live in, People um, don't give a brass zoo about anybody but themselves. They're looking after number one. They're caring for number one. We live in a world where if you don't agree with me, then blow you. And, and, and acts of kindness are issues of the heart. That, 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 of s- s- in the world we live in, I can't believe those people my age, I'm sure you would agree with me, we cannot believe how much the world has changed and how they view things, and things that I was taught, even in a secular world, to be right and wrong, it has switched around in today's world, and we're facing this stuff, and what can we do? Well, it works with one person. I believe with all of my heart, kindness is one of the areas that's a doorway with evangelism, it's a doorway to destiny, it's a doorway to do many things, but two simple questions that I put before the congregation today, that I think... Is applicable in the church today that we see do I have to change or do I get to change you see some people become Christians and see the Bible as a list of rules well do I have to change from being the person that I want to be or do we say to ourselves now I know Jesus I get to change I start to become the man and woman that he wants me to be. It's, a, it's a two subtle questions, but the, in the world that we live in, it's incredibly different because I talk to Christians who insist on not obeying what the Bible says, that, that they want all the benefits of being a Christian, but they don't actually want any of the disciplines, any of the things to be growing in their life. And do I have to change? or Hey, do we get to change? I thank God I'm not the person I was. When I got saved all those years ago, I had a mouth like a cesspit. I mean, I had the ability to turn any conversation in the world round to a sexual one. It was a gift. I I had this devious mind. I wanted to look after me. And here we are in the world that we're living in. And so... As I said to you, and I I don't believe it's over-exaggeration, that kindness and the fruit of the Spirit and doing things and becoming part of your character to look for ways to be kind. But three things that I want to say to you from this passage. First of all, kind people are willing people. We cannot say to organize a project, we're going to spend the month of September being kind to Salford. Right, I want you to get a map and a notebook and and I want you all to plan three acts of kindness for Salford and we're going to, and he will obviously do some good. Kindness is a lifestyle. And we see the servant, This this servant leaves Abraham and he actually prays to God to show kindness to his master. It's interesting, isn't it? He's not saying, well, fancy that, he's given me the job. I've got to go out, highways and byways, and I've got to come back with a woman who's going to be the the bride for Isaac. What a job. What if she's ugly? What if she's not the right person? I'm going to get into trouble. And, and, And his attitude is one of kindness. Lord, please, I'm going to go out and do this. And Lord, please, would you show kindness? And then we come to the lady, Rebecca. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Camels. He says, well, here's the test. She'll give me water, but she'll also water the camels. I don't know whether you know this. I didn't until I looked at it this week. Camels, when they're thirsty, can drink 25 gallons of water. That's a lot of water. How many camels were they? Ten. Ten camels. 25 gallons of water. Again, I looked at the springs and some of the wells that were there in Bible days. And when they built them, there was like 25 steps down to the water. And so this lady, who a complete stranger, says, could you get me a drink? I mean, I don't know about you. I might just go to give a stranger a drink, but forget the jolly camels. I've just come back from Lanzarote and I I went on a camel. I mean, they're, they're smelly, dirty things. But this lady is so willing. Work it out. 25 gallons, 10 camels, up and down the step, 50 steps there. It would probably have taken 50 trips. Probably have taken 50 trips to give the camels some water. The woman has no idea who the person is. She has no idea that this is her doorway to her destiny. She's completely oblivious. She's just willing to help strangers. You know, so often we, we, we're quite willing to help family. I was so pleased you prayed for the mosques. You, we, we didn't just put all of our prayers towards the Christian angle. This, this. There's debate and discussion around the whole thing's there. kindness to a stranger. I had the privilege last Saturday. I don't know whether you saw me if you watched the telly, but I was at the Commonwealth Games. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't Usain Bolt, but I, but I, but I watched. I was there. It was pouring with rain, as it normally. It's a, bit a day like today in in Scotland, and I was there. Um, and the big the big night. I was there the Saturday night when Usain Bolt, Bolt ran. And I was just taken aback as I watched. Obviously, I knew I was going to be speaking about kindness this week, and so I'm looking for illustrations everywhere. <laughs> and uh, he came out, the great man, and they were playing 500 miles of proclaimers, and he's dancing away. And, and I, still, I thought back to back to the days of Linford Christie when he said, "Ignore the crowd. You focus on the end. You don't. You, you blank everything else out. You don't look at you." And here's him just dancing away. But you know, it took about. 10 seconds to do his part of the race. It took him about 20 minutes to walk around the track. Selfies, (laughs) took the photos. He stopped almost for everybody who wanted a request. He signed autographs. And I thought, that man is not famous just because he runs fast. That man is famous and loved because he's very kind to people. And he's just showing little acts of kindness. For some people who were 10, 11, and 12, they'll never forget when they're 60 and 70 and 80 years of age, they'll remember the day Usain Bolt stopped and was willing on a rainy day. He's done his bit. The man's a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire. He doesn't need people anymore. But he spends enough time, and I'm thinking to myself, we're Christians. We have the Holy Spirit throbbing within our veins. We have to be willing, not just to do it, at, well, I'm a Christian, so I better do it. That's the whole thing about the fruit growing. It becomes part of the natural thing, to be willing. This lady, this young girl, Rebecca, was absolutely willing. Kindness should be impelled, not compelled. We can't teach kindness. It's not, we can't make you feel guilty about not being kind. It's something that from within you, you want to help people who should be impelled, com- not compelled. It should be agreeable and not disagreeable. And we should be executing it and not excusing it. You know, we're all busy in the, in, in the queue to get the stuff through the supermarket. And I think of that the poor ladies who are on that mindless task and Going through, I was in one yesterday. Where was we? One of those cheap ones in Blackpool, and someone was complaining about um, on the compost. They were that, that, that one of the tickets was 25p cheaper than what was on the bill, and she's she's giving the poor bloke a bit of grief on on the till. And I thought sometimes just a word of kindness, well done, you know. So there's so many seem so irrelevant, but we need to be willing. Second thing I want to say about kind people and kindness. Kind people are not just willing, they also excel at it. In verse 22, that we read there, it says that when the camels had finished drinking, as I said, it was a phenomenal task she undertook to water those camels to a complete stranger. I mean, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. She's busy, got things to do. But she was she excelled and when she started it, she went until she finished it. As I said earlier, kindness should not be a project. Kindness not be something we just try and do every now and again. It's something we should be excelling at. And if that fruit is growing and the spirit is moving in our lives, Rebecca did not know that her destiny was to be married to Isaac. And I just wonder, folks, I look back over my life, and I'm so grateful to God. And you know, I'm, quote, a regional leader now. I'm on the national leadership team. I mean, I'm an important person, really. Because, you know, I'm just I'm just so clever. I mean, I'm here with Neil, who's a professor. And the only Greek word I know is kebab. <laughs> and that's with or without sauce. Margaret's grammar school. I'm secondary modern. I left school at 15, didn't get a didn't get a woodwork O level. I find it astonishing when I look back on my life that the favour of God. Why? We all ask ourselves why. Because remember, he prayed, to show kindness. We have a very kind God. And I don't know about you, but I look back over my life and I think, I wonder, all those years I put the tables out at the youth club and. Did little things around the place. I wonder whether God saw some of those things. I thought, well, there's a guy I can trust a bit. There's someone there. Now we don't hear me, not, we we shouldn't be kind to get, but I'm just saying God sees our heart. See, God's not impressed by our gifting. He's not impressed by our exterior. You might be the greatest musician, the greatest theologian, the greatest whatever, greatest writer. But God looks at your heart and whether you you follow through with your commitments and excel at these sort of things. And I I am convinced one of the reasons I am where I am today is not because of the preaching or the gifted. It's God saw me faithful in small things. And and I'll use the word servant heart. And one of my quotes of the last 12 months that I, I picked up in New Zealand was this, and I speak to every, every pastor's meeting, I, I tend to quote this particular just phrase. If you think you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. If ever you think you're too big to serve, then you are too small to lead. God blesses those kind servant hearts. Rebecca reached her destiny not by stepping up. She stepped down into the well. It's an amazing, that principle. It's not about more profile. It's not about, oh, please can I preach? That fat guy was awful from Scotland. Can I I go next week, please? Don't have him back. I've got this great word. Well, I hope you've got a great word, but I hope you've got a great heart. And I hope it's a heart that's overflowing with kindness. And that you, you will excel at those things. Final thing is this. Kind people, um, as I said, are willing. Kind people excel. Third thing, verse 18. Kind people are honoring. Verse 18 says this. She said, drink, my Lord. It's a funny kind of language. The man's a servant. He is just a servant of somebody else. She didn't have to give him any respect. She didn't have to speak to him in a way that was a certain way. But she says, drink, my Lord. She gives him an incredible buzz, if you like, a feeling by lifting him up and says, drink, my Lord. And you know, again, to refer back to what we were praying for earlier. You know, obviously as a Christian, we pray for Israel. Obviously for, for as a Christian, we support the messianic message but we've also got to honor one another and and just by telling somebody um you know we do it in football we do it in so many ways but this lady gave this man some some honor and i know in glasgow i mean i don't know about your church but a lot of our people came from really tough backgrounds i remember we had prostitutes come in we had prostitutes climb their trade behind the back of the church in broad daylight, folks. Neil's been to the church. He's seen the area. There's a woman, women's hostel just outside there, 76 homeless women. And one of the stories that's, that's in one of the books is of a lady called Susan. And um, she would come to church Sunday night. Bless her, she was, she was gone past drunk. She, her brain had gone. She would sit on the seat, and she was incontinent. And she'd move to two or three seats in the course of an evening. She smelt to high heaven in the summer. She was absolutely um, just gone. And um, she would walk out of the church. She wouldn't go out of the church. She would always come to the front. W- I'd be preaching. I don't know whether she thought I was the priest, but she wanted to ask to go, and she'd always come to the front. Middle of my sermon, invisible to the deacons, she'd come forward and go, excuse me, Father, can I go now? Can I go now? Hey, of course you can go, Susan. And she'd reach into her pocket, this mac that she'd probably slept in, and she'd bring out every week an half-eaten bar of mint arrow. And it was dripping chocolate. And she'd say, this is for you, Father! And she'd give me the um, thing and put it down there. She couldn't really understand when we had a move of the Spirit and people began to be falling onto the floor And she'd shout out, Father, they're fainting, they're all fainting, they're all fainting. Bill Hybels wouldn't have liked our church. It wasn't seeker-sensitive, it really wasn't. And so one day we're having this meeting, and people are on the floor, about to go out um, in spirit, great move of God. She's walking forward. I think he's about to give me the arrow near the end of the service, but it wasn't the arrow. Complete threw me a curveball. She reached into her pocket, and she pulled out a Vicks nasal inhaler spray. And before I could stop her, the first person on the floor, she, th- she thrust it up their left nostril and squoze. Talk about Star Trek. It's church, Jim, but not as we know it. She, she was disruptive, but you know, I realised with every person They have a story. And you know, her story was a very tragic story. It's there in the book. She was abused by her father in a very bad way. And got even worse when she got married. She had three kids before she was 21. And in her mid-30s, she came back and found her own husband in a very bad situation with her daughter. So she hit the bottle. So we see her. We see her. Everybody else called her nutty. We gave her a cup of tea. We let her come and go from the church. She walked funny, she was funny, she was obviously her brain was befuddled. But before she died, she moved away and she was very ill. And um, I got a phone call from the home she was in said, Are you are you Kevin Pete? She says yes. Would you come? Susan keeps speaking about you. And would you come and see her? And in a very simple way, I had that lady to the Lord before she died. And you know, it wasn't the Bible teaching, it was being kind to her. and giving her credibility and honoring somebody who most people would say is a waste of time and is, is, a, is a dreadful person. Kind people are honoring. She treated him with respect and honor, and we needed I need to bring this to a close. I, if, I, if I can I'd like to talk about the destiny thing I've just got five more minutes um, b- bring one story how this can our kind kindness I've I, I, I discovered this story in the last couple of months early last century in Philadelphia and uh, it's an, it's a bit daylight tonight it's, it's a really awful rainy night and um, there's three conventions in Philadelphia that weekend and so there's not a hotel room to get anywhere and there's this little um, night porter, night desk man, receptionist on the desk, and uh, his name was George C. Bold, that was the man's name. And um, in walked two soaking wet old people. And they, they just said, Sir, is there any room? We've tried everywhere, we can't find a room anywhere to sleep. The hotel is full, and so he tells I'm sorry, there's three conventions. And he looks at them, and, the, and the, the, they are older people, and they're wet through, and he just thinks to himself, I've got the spare bed where when it goes quiet, I can go for a lay down. And so he says, I tell you what, there is a room, but it's, it's my room, it's very small, but I'll stop on the desk, and I won't get, And you can have my room. And they say, oh, thank you so much. So he let them stay, middle of the night, stop there. The next day they're signing out and having a bit of a banter, and the old man says, young man, you ought to manage the best hotel in, in the United States. And they smiled about it, left. Two years went by, and George Bold received a letter in Philadelphia, inviting him to come to New York. And the old man said, I remembered your kindness, and I'd like you to have a weekend in New York on me, and bring your wife, and we would love to bless you. And so he takes the train, and comes to New York, and he takes him um, to a very special place, get, get it right, on Fifth Avenue and 34th Street. And it st- they stopped on the corner and said, well, there you are, there's the hotel, I built it for you. The old man's name was Waldolf Astoria, and he just built the greatest hotel in the world, And George C. Bold became the first manager of the Waldorf Astoria in that hotel. Because two years previously, on a wet night in Philadelphia, he gave his room up to two people. Works in the Bible, it works in life. You don't do kindness because you're going to get things. But listen to me, I believe it's one of the doorways to your destiny. I believe it's been a doorway to my destiny. And that fruit needs to grow. Do I get to change? Please, Lord. My Christian life isn't, or oh, do I have to change now I'm a Christian then? No. Do I, get, do I get to change? To allow the Spirit of God to begin to move. And guys, as you go through this series together, it's great to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We need more Christians start to show and express more fruit of the Spirit. And I just pray in a simple way this might help you to consider that let's do it willingly. Let's let's be willing. Let's excel at it. Let's be one of the things that Salford Elym's known at. That church is full of kind people. Not just clever people, gifted people, talented people, fertile people, dog-loving people, but it's full of people who are kind. And you know, it's full of people who don't judge, but they honor one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for this lady, Rebecca. She had no idea, Lord, on the day she fed 10 camels who were 25 gallons of water light. As she walked up and down that well, she had no idea, Lord, that she was about to start her life was going to change forever and she was going to be the wife, of Lord, of the patriarchs of Israel. And I just pray, Lord, as we talked earlier about the work, well, what can we do? Well, Lord, it starts with the, what we can do in our house, in our street, in our office, in our school, that we would just display, not just the fruit of kindness, Lord, but the fruit of the Spirit and that would be agents for change in our society. And Lord, help us to be willing to be kind. Help us, Lord, to excel at it. And I pray, Lord, in a world that dishonors, that we would honor those people, Lord, who maybe don't get honor elsewhere. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.